0: Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers, your Statistics and Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy.
1: And I am Corwin Heller.
0: And welcome to the show today, folks. Uh, as we are recording this, it is 8 32 p.m. here on the East Coast. It is October 12th, 2022. The Atlanta Philadelphia game is underway, scoreless with two outs on the bottom of the fourth. Um, that is the only active game right now is the San Diego Padres L.A. Dodgers game is in warm up and will probably have begun by the time we finish recording this episode. Um, updates from last time when we recorded all of the wildcard s- series is were over barring the Mets Padres series, which was tied a game apiece with the Padres leading. Uh, that's where we were when we uh, that's where we were when we left off last time. Uh, The Padres ended up hanging on to win that game, so they advance, as you can tell by the fact that they are playing the Dodgers tonight in what is one of the two NLDS series. Um, Corwin Haller, what did you make of the Padres wild card round now that we have the full view of it?
1: I must admit, I know I have discussed on this podcast with you how I have not been a staunch watcher of Padres baseball the last several months. That being said, that doesn't mean I haven't followed it closely. And this is not the Padres that we've seen the past, you know, the first six months of the season. The offense has caught fire. Trent Grisham is uh, Mike Trout, possibly Aaron Judge, who is to say. Um, pitching is on its absolute peak. Um They went in and beat the shit out of three very good pitchers. Two and a half really good pitchers. DeGrom got his own, seeing as a, you know, won that game. That being said – Two runs
0: off DeGrom I think you'd be happy with as a Padres fan.
1: That should be a win. Um, Super happy with the outcome. You know, our best player wasn't playing his best, and even so we – Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't play his best? Uh I hope he is uh using his dick in the batting cages to just punish himself into I don't know. I what was that that, that was such a, a high bar <laughs> off of I don't know how I could have saved that.
0: What was that Steelers player who like was in concussion protocol so he couldn't play in a game, but he was sitting at home watching the Steelers wearing his helmet like playing? Oh.
1: Um, do you remember who was that Juju. was?
0: It was Juju. Juju. I'd imagine. Yeah. I'd like to imagine that Tatis is like at home, full uniform, helmet on, bat gloves, bat in hand, sitting at the, his couch watching the game like this. Like, come on, come
1: on, go do it. Yeah, 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 boys. Yeah, I boys. Hope we did he's it. Forced to dress up in full uniform,
0: full drag on. Oh, what?
1: Sit, sitting in an empty suite with only A.J. Preller sitting directly next to him. Empty room, just two singular chairs in the center of it, full uniform, sitting next to A.J. Preller, just sternly looking over him anytime anyone fucks up for any reason. Whether it's pitching, fielding a a position that he doesn't play, just anything negative happens at all, A.J. Preller just goes, see what you did, you little shit.
0: If um, if the Padres win the World Series... Does Tatis get a ring? Um, you Gen- genuine question. I don't know. I know that the the team has a lot of sway in terms of cuz non-players can get rings. Like yes. I grounds crew play, people can can get rings. Uh like like you know, it's front office people get rings. Ring. I believe, I believe like you're right.
1: There's levels of ring factor. Like player rings Front office rings,
0: and then there's like, you know
1: like like staff, and then like if you want to give it to like stadium staff, then it's just like an even lower tier. I imagine for the sake of not completely blowing the relationship up, they give him a ring. I don't I know don't if I'm know. one of those other players. I would want him to get like the signature ring because he wasn't on the forty man all year. The team can give it to whomever they want. Like, there's no rules in place for who gets rings. Well, there are players who
0: participated in your season do get rings, which is what would make this really funny, because if the Padres win the World Series, Robbie Cano would get a ring. (laughs) But there's a chance that Tatis might not. Which, if you told me two years ago that the Padres win a World Series and Robinson Cano got a World Series, Padres World Series ring, and Fernando Tatis Jr. did not, I would have so so many questions.
1: On a technicality, like he did play professional baseball for the organization this year. Technically, going into the playoffs,
0: Robinson Cano had three teams of eligibility he could win a World Series ring with the Mets, the Braves, and the Padres. He played enough with each team that if any of those three teams won the World Series, he would get a playoff, uh, a World Series ring. Now, the Mets obviously got eliminated by the Padres, so they're out, but Robbie Cano still has, of the eight teams left in the playoffs, Robinson Cano has a 25% chance of getting a World Series ring by the end of this.
1: Wow, and... I love that it's only National League teams, so it's not like it could come down to a situation where it's like, oh, either way, I'm getting a ring. It's like, no, can you I imagine
0: keep- the Cano World Series?
1: <laughs> oh man, him insane. sitting in the stands with one of those half and half jerseys.
0: <laughs> oh god, uh, a Cano, an all canoe NLCS to go to the World Series would be pretty fucking funny, though. Yeah. If it was like you know Padres Braves, which theoretically could certainly happen.
1: It was the first pitch of the game. I was really hoping our little Korean shortstop would hit a home run off of Clayton Kershaw.
0: How song can
1: happen. He genuinely is my favorite player. Like such, just he's such a fun dude. Yeah. He's uh...
0: uh all right. Well, so I guess we'll we'll move ahead to, to looking at the uh the DS series is, that have started as it stands right now. Every team has played one game. It's a mildly different I don't want to say format, but maybe more like pacing to it this year in which the ALDS series is are playing a game, off day, game, off day, and then game, game, game is how I believe it's going. Because right now, for instance, just using the Yankees and Guardians series, they played on Tuesday. They are off today, Wednesday. They are playing tomorrow as you're listening to this today, Thursday, off Friday, and then they play um, Saturday, Sunday, and if needed, Monday, um, which is also kind of wacky because that now means that Sunday's game, should it be necessary, because I don't think it is yet, um, would be a travel day, but without a day off, which I think is an MLB postseason first, at least in modern day baseball. I cannot think of another time that there was travel needed in the postseason that didn't concur with an off day. Yeah.
1: That's fucky. Uh, right. Like
0: and I'd have to imagine that the reason behind it is to spread out the games a little bit more so that the, AL games and the NL games aren't happening at the same time. So that way, MLB can, you know, make more TV revenue. Because for the NL, they played Tuesday and Wednesday, off Thursday, playing Friday, playing Saturday, playing Sunday. So their off days are not the same. Again, I would imagine so that money can be made here, but it's certainly wacky. Anywho, not what's important. The takeaways from the first games of the DS series is the Yankees beat the Guardians 4-1 to in what I, I don't think is a game that should have really surprised anybody. Um, the Guardians offense hit a home run, which was certainly a surprising way for them to score, but outside of that really didn't do anything. Um, which, like, yeah, I mean, that that's... As it gets mentioned every year, Stringing together hits to score runs is really hard. It's harder to score runs from multiple hits than it is to score runs from just hitting a homer, which is how the guardians scored their only run. Um, And how the Yankees scored the majority of their home runs. Thanks to a Harrison Bader solo shot, his first with the Yankees. Um, And then an Anthony Rizzo two, two run shot. um, Along with a Jose Trevino. Uh, sack fly there you go are you surprised by this game
1: i was surprised steven kwan hit a home run and that like truly shocked me did you um, see
0: mike petriello predict the home run like directly before he hit it
1: no i wasn't listening i was just watching it
0: oh no he, he did it on twitter he um he 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 put up Stephen kwan's spray chart and made note of how many outs he's had to the part of yankee part of left field that would be home runs in yankee stadium who did what take a guess prediction don't look machado home run fuck you <laughs>
1: was it right it was yeah yes solo shot off Kershaw
0: oh unload Unload. just take a deep sigh after you drop that load um I what we were saying Yeah. So essentially, it was really funny that that's then Stephen Quant's first at bat. He does exactly what Mike Petriello said would be statistically somewhat probable for him to do. Statistics. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was a good adding from Garrett Cole, who has been much maligned this year for his proficiency in strikeouts, but his deficiency in the long ball. Um, which was, funny enough, also kind of on display in this game as the only run he allowed was via the long ball and he got eight strikeouts. So you really got to see both ends of it. But uh, 6.1 innings pitched, pretty, pretty strong. On the other side of it, Cal Quantrill, um, five innings pitched, four runs scored, three of which were earned, only five strikeouts and three walks. Um,
1: When I was looking at the matchups that were on the slate that day, Seeing the Yankees-Guardians matchup being Garrett Cole against Cal Quantrill was just like, ah, they're not going to win that game. That's just – that's that's a toss-up. That's just – you're giving up on that game.
0: The next game's matchup is going to be significantly more interesting as it will be Shane Bieber, um, f- former Cy Young winner, against Nasty Nestor Cortez who – might get might finish top five in Cy Young this year like genuinely not just memeing it out like it might be like we I am voting for this Mario and Luigi ass looking motherfucker and I mean it
1: um
0: that's gonna be fun like
1: between the wildly different play styles between
0: the two of them Cortez with the lower ERA Bieber with the more strikeouts it's gonna be a really interesting matchup Cortez is weird <laughs> yes. And the Yankees right out a lot. Yeah, we'll see. Um, in addition to that, the uh Phillies beat the Braves, which is wild. They annihilated Max Fried in that game and racked up a seven to three lead, which got winnowed away in the late goings of the game, but managed to hang on thanks to some impressive work in the outfield by uh Nick Castellanos, who I, I think if we hear about some unexpected like mayhem in some small locale, we can probably blame this game for being the cause of it. Uh, since it seems since his success is often followed by devastation. Um, yeah, Max Fried 3.1 innings pitched, eight hits, four earned runs, six runs total, a 10.8 ERA here in the postseason. Ranger Suarez. <laughs> From the Phillies, 3.1 innings pitched, uh, five strikeouts, five walks, three hits, one earned run. Um, wild. I mean, wild that that the Phillies, look, they could still very well lose this series, but it's just amazing the fact that they won this game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, working in the Delco area, every single room I walked into, someone had their phone up with this game streaming. And they were living and dying with every. Not a single email was truly read or sent with proof. Like, there was no work getting done. And to throw it back to the Padres Mets series, I wore my Padres cap Tuesday going into work, Monday going into work after they uh, closed out against the Mets. I had a... a uncountable amount of people come up and be like, yeah, yo, fuck the Mets, man. At a boy, the Mets, fuck the Mets. And I was like, "Ah, I knew you guys were rivals, but like, ah, I see now this makes sense.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, same thing for, for the Phillies Braves. I mean, Braves ran the division for like 20 fucking years, you know, like there's a lot of hostility when it comes to talking about Atlanta um, in a baseball context in the, in the, the proud city of philadelphia so i i think i'm rooting for philly here just because they're the upset team you know they're the they're the underdog um which i tend to root for in postseason anyway so
1: let's go phils um i will absolutely root for the phillies because it seems like my job will be easier if they keep winning same my boss is also a big phillies fan so yeah. I'm like yeah I'll, I'll take that um
0: Dodgers beat the Padres five to three. I did not get the chance to watch any of this game because I was sleepy. Um, did you catch any of this game or have an opinion on game one as game two is currently underway?
1: I started watching the game. It, it, the first pitch was at nine thirty-seven, and I go to bed at 10. So there was not a lot of time I could really squeeze out. 23 minutes got- of baseball. I, got, well, I stayed up time. a little later than I usually would because, you know, it is Padres, Dodgers, baseball. Um, wasn't happy I did, though. It it just wasn't a pretty game from uh, the time I turned it on to the time I turned it off. Padres did come back and score some runs, but uh, going to sleep during a 5-0 defeat, or 5-0 game that would lead to a defeat, sucked. Fucking sucked. Um, Dodgers, the Dodgers... Mike Clevenger coming back from COVID hasn't been great this year. Hasn't really been good this year. Can't expect him to come back from COVID and just be good um, going up against a guy who is in the running for Cy Young. So.
0: I mean, the, the upside to this game, I would think is certainly uh, for the Padres, the fact that your bullpen allowed nothing, you yeah. know, Clev allowed five runs and then, Stephen Wilson, Pierce Johnson, Tim Hill, and Nick Martinez, who are all people's names I'm hearing for the first time, all allowed zero runs, which is great. I mean, only, and only, and no hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Like, that's pretty damn good. Uh, whereas also, the Dodgers bullpen was was locked down. All three earned runs that the Padres were able to score came against Julio Urias, and then Evan Phillips, Alex Vasilla, uh, Bruce Dar and Chris Martin all allowed. No runs, um, no runs. Four strikeouts, one walk, three hits. So the bullpens for both seem to certainly be uh, valuable. It's really going to come down to, I guess, starter performance. To which point, the I guess Padres have the advantage in the game happening as we speak. Um, and that leaves the last game of the divisional series, which I left for last intentionally because. There was a real questionable decision making at the end of this game. So the Mariners lost to the Astros by a score of eight to seven um, off of the back of a um, fucking Jordan Alvarez three run home run in the bottom of the ninth, which is some like backyard make believe shit. Literally, literally, yeesh, two outs bottom of the ninth two men on you're down by three
1: and what so you finish you finish
0: no no no, go ahead go ahead cut me off tell me what's up
1: Fuck you uh also fuck me what was the what was the lead uh going into the comeback what was the differential for runs the
0: the highest mark of the lead was seven to three okay at that, when it was at seven to three, Andres Munoz, who's had a really really good season this year for the the Mariners, uh, allowed a two run home run to Alex Bregman, which put the lead at seven to five. That was in the bottom of the eighth. The Mariners then got out of it, and then at the bottom of the ninth, with Paul Seawalt starting the inning, uh, he got um, Christian Vasquez to ground out. Um, David Hensley got hit by a pitch. Jose Altuve strikes out. Jeremy Pena hits a single so that which puts him on um, and then they swap and then this leads to the decision that, man, it is just such a fucking head scratcher, which is Scott surveys bringing in the starter, Robbie Ray to face Jordan Alvarez uh, to get the last out of the inning. Which let's ignore the 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 pitcher aspect of it for a moment just for a moment mm-hmm. why why pitch to jordan in the first place that's what i don't understand
1: like who, who i know they're sixth for them
0: i'm sorry your right after jordan is alex bregman who had just hit a home run uh in his previous at bat Over the course of the entirety of the regular season, however, Jordan Alvarez, one of the only two players in baseball to finish with an over 1,000 OPS, uh, and Alex Bregman, 820 for the year, 133 OPS plus to Jordan Alvarez's 187.
1: On one hand, Jordan Alvarez is far and away the one person in this playoffs I would want to pitch to the least at least with Aaron Judge, you know, there's no one there behind him. So you just – you technically don't need to pitch a strike to Aaron Judge whatsoever. Um, But Jordan Alvarez, if there's going to be a 1B or a close number two as far as guys I don't want to pitch to, he's right there. He – I get that Alex Bregman is a fucking – stupid, good ball player. One of the best in the leagues. I I don't know if I want to pitch to him regardless. I, I,
0: I think it's such an easy call to say, let's just not pitch to, to Jordan. I mean, first of all, Paul Seawald can face, um, Alex Bregman, righty, righty matchup. Paul Seawald's already in there. He's had a, a, a good, really good season in the relief spot this year. 20 saves, uh 267 ERA, 388 FIP. Um pitched in 65 games, 64 innings, 72 strikeouts. He's had a it's a really nice season for you this year. So you know you trust him. And Jordan has murdered your team this year, and oh also every team in the league. He put up 6.8 war this year as a DH, which is stupid. It's a stupid good year. He's going to f- probably finish third place in MVP voting this year. It's so dumb. Like, I understand that third base being open does not feel the same as first base being open for your intentional walk situations. But goddamn, I mean, for me also, if you think about it like this, you're putting your don on means it just about as much as him. Like what, what is the worst case scenario for Jordan Alvarez that he hits a home run because that ends the game. So anything that's not a home run is better. A double is better because at least that only ties the game. Right? Mm -hmm. So best case scenario, you get him out and you win the game which as we have seen from Jordan Alvarez is horrendously unlikely. And as we've seen from Robbie Ray is also horrendously unlikely. Or he hits a home run and ends the game, or it's somewhere in between those, those, those options. All the other likelihoods are somewhere in between those options, a walk that is unintentional, a single, a double, a triple, all of those things don't lose you the game. So I understand the benefit of ending the game by taking a chance to make the out, but you can also just delay that by saying, "Uh, let's just put him on because unless Bregman hits a home run or a triple, which he has a significantly less likelihood of doing because of how likely Jordan is of hitting a home run. And like, if Jordan hits
1: a triple, wouldn't he just be able to hit a to win the game.
0: If, if you load the bases and Alex Bregman hits a triple, Whoa. that means, once again, I can only imagine this is what sex with you sounds like.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, no, it went over. No.
0: I was about to say, I just checked the game, and it says Freddie Friedman hit a home run off of you, Darvish, and I don't know why you're excited. Oh,
1: no, the angle looked like Grisham completely. Obviously, I'm watching it on mute, but it looked like he fucking robbed the shit out of Freddie Freeman. Oh no! If only this wasn't on video for the world to see.
0: If only. If only. So sorry, buddy. So sorry. Oh well. Um, you're on Alvarez percent of plate appearances that end in home runs: six point six percent. Alex Bregman, three point five. It if even removing the fact that bringing in Robbie Ray was a, so clearly the wrong person to to bring in.
1: Yeah, what I'm the just, fuck was up with that?
0: That I can't fucking fathom either. I mean, bringing in starters to be closers is almost never a good. idea. It almost never. Really works out. There's some high-profile instances in which it has, like Madison Bumgarner in the 2014 World Series, I think it was, but that was more symbolic than really anything else. And Madison Bumgarner was coming off a stupid good season. Yeah, like Robbie Ray Robbie is Ray not is coming up, off man. a stupid good season. No, no, and all that to get the 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 platoon advantage, which, by the way, Jordan Alvarez versus lefties this year. A 998 OPS. Jordan Alvarez against lefties had a 998 OPS. That's better than Alex Bregman's OPS. Yeah. And that's, that's Jordan really? going lefty against lefty. It makes no sense.
1: Why, who are the four starters for the Blue Jays where Robbie Ray would be expendable as a one, one. You out mean the Mariners? Team? That's what I meant. Yeah.
0: No, Robbie it's Ray probably, it's not that it's that, uh, what some teams do. It's, it's not horrendously uncommon, but it is not on, but it's not common. Mm-hmm. Is to use pitchers in game on their bullpen days because all pitchers the day before you make your start, you go out and you throw ah, somewhere routine, let's say 30 and 50 pitches, right? Where you just, you know, you're getting warm the day before, essentially. It's part of the routine. Make sure you're healthy, you know, going through your scouting reports, doing all that type of shit. And so because you're throwing 30 to 50 real, like full strength pitches already. Some teams will say, well, if we're struggling, why don't you just do that in the game? And so pitchers will do that. I think um, David Price did it in the postseason for the Red Sox, you know, 2016 or some shit like that. It happens. It's not common, but it happens. Hmm. But usually it's like we're bringing in our ace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not we're bringing in right. we're bringing in almost Cy Young winning Chris Sale during his um, one of his almost Cy Young winning seasons on his bullpen day. Not we're bringing in Robbie Ray, who looked like fucking trashed this year at the start of the season. Um, and I mean, didn't finish super duper strong.
1: Uh, he, he rebounded okay, like he brought it down to a three seven one, which
0: is fine. Yeah, like it's It is fun. literally it's an good. ERA plus of one hundred. <laughs> yeah, it is literally an average season.
1: Um, I know we talked about this. I I feel like there were statements made about uh Robbie Ray when we did like old predictions or like the season preview show. I don't think there was ever a singular, oh, so uh, more clear regression candidate than Robbie Ray coming off that Cy Young. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, for sure he was not going to be
0: that guy forever. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league since 2014. We know who he is and he wasn't that he wasn't going to be that. So anyway, that series will pick up tomorrow. Or as you're listening to this, as this episode releases on Thursday, it'll be happening today. So we'll keep an eye out for that um, before we, I guess, switch off of baseball. Cause I'm not sure there's anything else really happening in the world of baseball that isn't um, the postseason. Oh, actually, there is one other thing. Before I get to the other, uh, the other other thing, did you see Jeff Passan make those tweets about Ben Verlander sucking Chicago Otani's dick?
1: Yeah, they were fucking funny.
0: Yeah, so so this has become a point of debate, um, a little a little bit on Twitter of should Jeff Passan
1: have done that,
0: which. Uh, Tell me your thoughts
1: (laughs) from a basically the face of MLB journalism perspective, a purely professional and career based decision. Yes, he should absolutely have deleted it as all of us from all of us fans of his on Twitter. Obviously we want him to go full heel in this situation and just destroy Ben Verlander, but Obviously, that's not the correct career choice.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, look, I I get that Jeff Passon has turned into this I will own you freak kind of guy, which is super enjoyable. Yeah. Like it. it's very fun because he is meant to be presenting as you know like the voice of espn's baseball which is a very hoity position um that's one of the premier um publications of sports journalism at least by notoriety uh so to see him break decorum and insult individual people is often fucking funny this joke great shock value not a good joke for 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 one you should talk about Hayotani on his knees so does that mean that he's sucking Hayotani's dick while telling him how great he is because that's that's a tall task um and honestly like
1: i feel like it's a fairly common idiom of like yeah you just like suck that guy off like as I, for someone who like
0: I agree. I agree that it's a common idiom. I think it's just the wording of the joke was pretty eh. Like that one needs some, that one needs some, 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 workshopping his, the, the, because again, I know exactly what you mean, but the actual wording of it was kind of eh.
1: I will say if it was a, if it wasn't about sucking cock, and if it was a true definite gotcha burn, that was like still incredibly brutal. I think there's a chance he just leaves it up.
0: Well, and, and that that's the real thing of it because he got a lot of people saying to him that, that the joke is homophobic, which I would push back on a little bit because I don't think necessarily that insinuating a straight man is given head to another man is homophobic. Like the joke doesn't have to be, ooh, it's bad to be gay. I think the joke is like, Sucking dick is funny. <laughs> I mean, the same way taking the shit's funny. And man, we all take shits. Like, yeah. so some things are inherently funny as actions.
1: You know what I mean? Sucking dick's not funny.
0: No, sucking dick is hilarious. Like, it's funny <laughs> to have to consider it. Yeah. All right. It, so yeah, that's that yeah, what is. I'm saying. Like. I think the real issue is that you're supposed to be, I don't want to say the adult in the room, but you you have to have some degree of decorum and you have to be avoiding offense in that type of position in a way that like toes those sexual and and, like other forms of uh, minority lines. Like I'm hesitant to say that Jeff Passan should make jokes or anybody in his sort of position that have anything to do with, you know, race, religion or, or gender or sexuality. Just because it's like, even if those jokes are funny, they shouldn't be coming from you. You don't have the context or the room to necessarily be doing it. And unless it's like Corbin said, flawlessly done. It's going to be looked at very askew because of the position that you're in.
1: So, to that I think extent, you should just have a very obvious burner and just let that take care of everything.
0: Well, the real issue here is that Fox is just like, nepotism is great. Ben, you're related to Justin. You're, get in here, buddy. Have, you get whatever you want as a platform.
1: Did you ever hear of Ben Verlander, 18? months ago,
0: 24 months ago? Dude, no. And he just like popped up on my feed and I was like, oh, guess Justin has a brother. And now I, I do not follow him and I do not know how to make him go away.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah, Ben Verlander
0: does fucking suck and he does slob the knob of Shohei Ohtani whenever he can. But the difference is you and I can say that because we lack the status of Jeff Passan. And if we were Jeff Passan, I would not be making jokes about how Ben Verlander would love to slava at the knob of Shohei Otani.
1: I'll be honest with you, Josh. Nobody gives a fuck what we have to say. I care. I care.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing. And then we'll, we'll talk some, some football real quick. I was talking to one of Cornyn uh, and, and, and my friends the other day. The other day. Uh, and we were talking about home runs records, you know, because Judge broke the AL record. Did he? And uh, he, he tried. Um, and he did. And um, what it means to cheat in the sport. Because we were also talking about, like, you know, Albert Bell and uh, Sammy Sosa trying to cork their bats. But a a lot of studies have shown that corking your bat actually doesn't help you at all because of the additional give that it puts in the bat. The extra absorption of impact kind of negates the additional hand speed that you get. So it's not actually going to help you at all, right? So, but it's still cheating because you're making an attempt to gain some type of artificial advantage uh in the sport right sure and i was we were trying to equate what the actual advantage of steroids is and you know like how many more home runs would would say judge have hit if he was on steroids Because that's one of the things I don't think has ever really been nailed down in discussion of the sport, at least not that I've seen. That's commonplace, which is, all right. Steroids makes you stronger or helps you stay on the field longer. It helps. How how much muscle
1: growth?
0: It, anyway. you know, it helps reduce speed muscle recovery movement. so you yeah. can work out more, essentially. So it'll make you stronger, for sure. But as we all know, strength isn't the only thing that goes into hitting home runs. Otherwise, Chris, Chris Crush Davis wouldn't have become one of the worst unplayable hitters on the fucking planet while he was still a gigantic muscle-bound freak. Uh, likewise, Mookie Betts wouldn't be able to hit any home runs because he is built like someone made a stick figure come to life so to okay. that end what is the marginal advantage of steroids because it, to say it's even just strength is also kind of tough because Barry Bonds only has that one year over 50 home runs where he yeah oops accidentally hit 73 of them um but that's his only season over even 50. Would but he think- was. But if if he was to be juicing, he would have been juicing the whole time because he was gigantic for all of those years. So there's also not exactly that one to one correlation there. So we were trying to make a best guess, and I want to hear what you would think. If we were to say. If we were to say that the marginal advantage of steroids is flyball distance. Instead of staying on the field longer. Cause even then, you know, like there's seasons that McGuire had where, you know, he didn't, he played for a full season and didn't hit 60 home runs. I, I mean, you know, th- th- those seasons are in there too. He had a bunch of them that were over 50, but regardless, like what does it matter? Um, What do you think the added distance on a hit, would be on steroids versus off steroids how many
1: feet i don't think it's amount of heat as like a linear number i think it's going to end up being like a percentage because like contact is going to matter way more than pure strength right so i think on a good hit it'll be like 10% 10% more on like a week hit. It might be like 5% more. I'll say, let's just say 10% and assume they're all clean contact hits.
0: All right. You know what? That's totally fine. I was going to say that we figured it might be easier if we average it out to distance to give ourselves a fixed number to add to previous hit totals, but it's pretty easy to work with the percentage too. I was making it too easy on myself. So, all right, that's totally fine. So to that end, I have every judge hit from last season that was a fly ball out that traveled at least 315 feet. Okay. There are 39 of them. Judge hit 39 fly balls that were outs that traveled at least 315 feet. Now, some of them are hit pretty fucking far, but got held in based on ballpark dimensions. For instance, he had two 400-foot hits or fly ball outs that were well outs because of the dimensions of Fenway Park. 409 feet on April 9th of this year. And 403 feet on September 22nd of this year, both of which became outs because Fenway to Deadway Center is, I don't know, 475 feet. It's stupid. It's not actually that far, but it's crazy far. So to that end, let's go ahead and set. I'm going to winnow this down a little bit. And let's look at just straightaway center field, right? That way, we're only looking at the ones that would go directly out of the ballpark. And because we have no hits that are over or no batted ball events that are over 410 feet, let's assume that you have to hit a ball 410 feet for it to be considered a home run in every ballpark, which again, I'm not saying it would necessarily be, but I'm sure that would, generally speaking, get the job done if you hit a ball 410 feet. So if we're to add 10% to um every hit or every sorry every batted ball the lowest that we could go and still clear that 410 foot barrier or or minimum distance would be uh, 371 i think i don't know 372 hold on i hate myself three because I, because I'm, I'm, it's 373. All right. 373, 373 feet. Plus 10% of additional distance from the use of steroids would get you to 410.3 feet, which if we're using made up number of 410 feet, which would you get the job done, would put you beyond that, that threshold to have hit a home run to that end judge would have only gotten seven more home runs to straightaway center field. So that would put his total at 69 on the season. So do you think that pulled balls would get more than 10%, less than 10% or should we keep it equal?
1: Uh, I would assume a pulled ball is going to have more power on it. So
0: the additional distance for steroids on that, 12%. what do you want to give? 12%. And the other thing about infield walls is that they tend to be closer. So let's call it 350 feet maybe. That work for you? Yeah. In which case, every judge fly ball at that point would have been a home run. <laughs> which is eight fly ball outs to his pull side, which would be left field. And opposite field, which in Judge's instance, as a right-handed hitter, would be right field. Uh, you want to go ten percent higher or lower?
1: Uh, lower. I'll say eight percent.
0: I had a feeling you might. Which meant means that all of Judge's hits to left to right field, all of his opposite field hits, would also be home runs. It's an additional 11 home runs. So you add all three of those numbers together, the seven hits to straightaway center, the seven hits to left field, and the 11 hits to right field. We're adding (laughs) 25 home runs to judges total, which would be 87 home runs, which would have demolished the home run record by a significant amount. And if we average out those three percentages just back to the 10%, because we only went above or below by an additional two percentage points, that means that realistically speaking, steroids gives you an under 10% advantage on home run hitting. Because otherwise, even if we were off by less than this, he'd have blasted through this record. Now, granted, we're not looking at doubles that might've been home runs should they've gone a few feet higher which would skew these numbers but the problem is if we counted doubles this number would still only be higher like this would not get lower those doubles would have turned into home runs which means the marginal advantage on steroids has to be even lower than what we're giving it credit for because we're excluding additional variables that probably would be counting Towards the home run total, even some singles that get hit super far, but in small ballparks like a single hit to right field in Yankee Stadium isn't going to travel so far that judge might not be able to make it all the way to second base. Additionally, some doubles, quote unquote doubles balls to the wall are hit so crazy hard that players, even if they were chugging, couldn't make it to second base because they hit a rocket. Mm -hmm. So to that effect, again, this number would be even bigger. So we're not going to rerun the numbers because fuck, that's just not worth it right now. Even if you cut it in half, it's looking kind of extreme, right? Even if we bumped this down from uh, 10% overall, which would give us 25 additional home runs, just looking at fly ball outs and bumped it down to 5% overall, which let's just assume that also cuts the total in half down to 12 or 13 additional home runs. We're at, we're still breaking the home run record with that 5% marginal advantage, which again, even to this extent, feels a little bit extreme, which begs the question of how advantageous are steroids? And is it worth keeping these guys? And, you know, we're not at the Hall of Fame discussion part of the year, but is it really worth, like, would we be keeping Albert Bell out of the Hall of Fame for corking his bat? Something we know isn't effective.
1: Um. Gosh, you're asking questions that uh, require actual, you know intrinsic thought. And, I'm just
0: uh, asking questions, man.
1: In theory, uh, man, I don't know. like steroids shrink the balls. The balls are where pee comes from. If you can't pee as much, are you stronger? Holding in more water, allowing you to be stronger? Maybe steroids add like twenty percent distance. I don't know. Uh, maybe the balls shrinking make you less sexually active, therefore have less distractions in your life, so you can focus more on baseball, and that's why steroids are so impressive. There's too many variables to break down.
0: Uh, Bob Not- Bob Nightingale just called Max Muncy uh, Max Munch on Twitter. Which um he has to be doing this on purpose.
1: I I can't really disagree. Max Munch. I mean, uh, yeah. Fucking so. I don't care.
0: Yeah. But anyway, there's my my brief aside as to wondering, really, at the end of the day, how much the steroids help you out. Otherwise, it feels like Bonds would have so many more home runs. But again, not that it matters. Um. Devonte Adams shoved a fan, and is now potentially getting charged with misdemeanor assault, uh, looking at a fine of like a thousand dollars or so. Um, I didn't punch a sorry, I didn't push a fan. I guess he pushed a, a stadium employee. I think he pushed a photographer. It was yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, did you catch the news story? Do you have any thoughts on it?
1: Um, I've seen alternate angles. Believe there was a second shover. Um, I was going
0: to say, is this your JFK assassination?
1: That being said, I uh, I do think that there's something to be said for the second angle that kind of shows him just sprinting in directly in front of him. Um, do I think he should have shoved him? No. Do I think he easily could have not shoved him? Yes. Do I think this guy was right to press charges? Probably that's technically the law.
0: Uh, Ask yourself more questions. Come on. Yeah.
1: Uh, do I think he will be fine paying this fine? Yes, obviously. Do I think he will be suspended? <laughs> Stop. asking. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I heard the story, because I like didn't watch the video for a couple of days, because fuck, man, I just didn't care. Um, I was like, "Yeah, dude, you're getting charged with ass alts. Like, you are a giant freak a human of, of human nature because all NFL players are. That's kind of the job. Um, don't put your hands on people. Like we just talked about, who was the the um the Ram that sh- uh, knocked down the um the streaker?
1: Uh, Bobby Wagner.
0: It was Bobby Wagner. Yeah, and I agreed. Like, dude, you're gonna get fined for that. Like, you're gonna you're gonna get." something's going to happen to you because you like kind of deck that guy. Um, and I assumed that's what happened here. And I also saw the video and it also looks like this guy was not looking where he was walking, darted out directly in front of Devontae Adams. And honestly, to that point, also, I was expecting Devontae to have like thrown this man to the ground with malice based on how people were describing the video. And it looked like a man who got caught off guard as someone not in an NFL uniform, got in front of him, which I'm sure happens to these guys all the time, and wanted to create distance. Which, like, dude, like Corbin said, should he have shoved somebody? Like, no one should shove anybody. Um, dude, it's not a big deal.
1: There is a guy who works in my office who I have known for the entirety of my life, who is a large strong man construction worker his whole life just country boy strong type of guy who we were in the office one day and he just kind of like shoved me like in a you know not like playful way like we're fucking six-year-olds but like guys messing around on a construction site just like gentle shove just like ah and fucking threw me across the room because I weighed roughly 35 pounds and i'm just thicker than a number two pencil and immediately he was like holy shit dude like i didn't mean to fucking break you are you like okay and it's like yeah no i'm fine uh that's just the way it goes i imagine for professional athletes and nfl players who need to be incredibly strong that's just anyone they touch
0: Oh, that and also, it's a guy walking who wasn't anticipating being shoved and couldn't brace, and he was on his side. He was only standing him. on one feet. Yeah, I, I, everything's going against this man. All of us would have fallen to the ground unless you were expecting to be shoved and gotten into a wide stance, like yeah. a fucking lunatic. And even then, if if Devonte Adams wanted to, you're probably hitting the floor. Um, I, I now here's the real question, Corwin. <sighs> If it was you, would you be suing Devontae Adams to make a boatload of money? Holy fuck, yes. Are you kidding?
1: Because that's the real question.
0: That's the thing. Is like, while it seems so egregious and so stupid to be suing somebody over something you would not think. Like, if this happened to you on the subway, not on the subway, but like, like uh, on 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 a regular ass, regular, regular ass street, you know, in the city you'd be like a fucking you piece of shit garbage asshole and then you would just keep going about your day and be like that sucked <laughs> uh, but you'd also be like that's my fault i was not paying attention um you wouldn't be like i need the nearest off oh, some people might but like if you were used to being in a city you wouldn't be like i need an officer i need help um however this is the man with a lot of money more money than any of us will ever know. most of mm-hmm. us. Houses are expensive. Uh, <laughs> Houses are very expensive.
1: That's a free house.
0: Uh,
1: At least not a free house a free down payment. I'll take that.
0: Uh, we're, we're talking the the. We're talking about how we all used to joke back in college about how great it would be to be hit by a BMW.
1: Hit by not even hard.
0: Bus. The, the, the best way to get hit, if you were going to get hit by the campus bus or by a BMW, would be a eh, little, little, little nudge. You know, not that we ended up in the hospital, but enough where you could fake
1: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to, welcome to this guy's afternoon. Ragdoll. You can go ragdoll real quick.
0: Well, <laughs> and Welcome to this guy's day. Like, like look, 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 look. He might have sold it up, but like, if it was any of us, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, not saying I'm above that.
1: Like it or not, that's the American dream.
0: I, I like Aaron Donald. He seems like a great dude. But if he was walking past me on, on on the street, I might think about not like making him hit me, but letting him knock into me and me falling down, very dramatic. No, I'm, I would never do that to Aaron Donald. He seems like a lovely man. But at the same time, we'd all be thinking that.
1: Agreed. Wholeheartedly agree. If Aaron Donald hit me, if I survived, I would be going for a lot of money.
0: And not like you got to instigate the hit. Just like you're walking by Aaron Donald and like you try to bump into his shoulder enough that like he's not going to move but you know you are and you just got to you know, spin around that shit and pretend to be unconscious for a little bit like ah i'm on the ground
1: i would i would get an oscar for my performance oh hell
0: yeah i'd make soccer players look 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 foolish um I was going to say we should, you know, be nice to go around the NFL, look at a, a quarter, uh, quarter of the way through the season report. Um, I will leave it up to you, though. I'm going for a bit.
1: If we do, can we pause for a moment? All
0: right. So, I guess, real quick, let's look at standings um, as we are what is now kind of like a quarter of the way through the year. Quarter of the way through the year used to be four games, and I guess now it's like 4.25 games. So we're five games into the season. Yeah. That's all that really matters. We have to stop uh,
1: counting stats after the first quarter in week five.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, So five games in Buffalo. So it's on top of the AFC East, four and one, followed by the Jets, uh, and then Miami, each a three and two, and then New England a two and three. Takeaways from the AFC East.
1: Um, the Jets are really good for some reason. Um, The Bills are really good for some reason. The Dolphins were really good for a very obvious reason, and now they're stuck with their third-string quarterback, and now they're bad for a very obvious reason. Um, Patriots are doing the same shit they did last year, where they pull all pro defenders out of nowhere, and their offense is laughably not great.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh our Loa got rolled out again coming into week six. So Skylar Thompson will once again be the Dolphins starting quarterback as they head into their uh next contest. Um so they're probably gonna face a, a stretch that'll be tough enough for them to for it to probably have some bearing on their ability to make the playoffs. Um the Patriots uh what's the wrong with them pick a reason uh mac jones has barely played when he has played he has been subpar um they've had to rely on a start from bailey zappa zappa Z- Z- zappa zappa Zip. um oh my yeah. god mac jones has two touchdowns and five interceptions that is not the bill belichick way <laughs> oof um and then one star also from the ghost of brian hoyer who has as many yards as he does years of age as he is currently 37 with 37 passing yards this season um which man that is funny um of those three guys mac jones has the worst worst passer rating so like that's tough um also their number one running back is someone named ramondre Stevenson, who i don't know who that is um and their number one wide receiver by uh, The number one wide receiver by yards is uh, Jacoby Myers, which again is the name of a law firm. I am um, sure Hunter Henry is regretting his decision. <laughs>
1: uh, eh, he's getting a lot of money.
0: Ah, that, that's true. Oh my God, Nick Folk is their kicker. I completely forgot he was still in the NFL.:
1: He's still like wildly consistent.
0: He his longest field goal on the year so far is 50 yards, which is like good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about the Jets enough. Uh AFC North, which is a clusterfuck as usual. Baltimore currently leads at Division 3 and 2, followed by Cincinnati and Cleveland, each at 2 and 3, and Pittsburgh at 1 and 4. Uh, this division's near and dear to your heart. Give me some
1: takeaways. Uh the Bengals offense. Has been broken, but I think it's working its way back and will be above average by the end of the season, but nothing special. Um, Baltimore is probably going to do what they have been over the last couple of years, which is kind of be all over the place and then by the end of the season be scary good if they are healthy. Uh, Cleveland is a joke again until Deshaun gets back and then it'll be a good – it'll it'll be a gooder team that's still a fucking joke. A
0: gooder team.
1: Yes, and then the Steelers are um, – Doomed. Dude, they're bad.
0: You've seen their only win of the year, and that will be their only win of the year. I They'll, hope, you, hope you savored it.
1: They're bad. Like, bad, bad. Like, that offense is – like, there's – nothing the players are doing that is inherently causing them to fuck up their offense. It's just like, man, this is like high school shit. Like there's just nothing there. Like it's, ugh. and then the defense without TJ Watt is apparently just a, a empty husk.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I'm, I'm aware of what a, what a bad team looks yeah. like. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah been there many times so so
1: i'm just trying to process for it
0: savor it yeah uh the afc south continues to be weird um as tennessee leads the division three and two followed by indianapolis two two and one jacksonville two and three and houston one three and one the only ties in the nfl this year is that indianapolis and houston game um any major takeaways from this
1: I was so wrong on Indianapolis this year. I thought Matt Ryan... You and me both. Yeah, I thought Matt Ryan was going to come in and just kind of be
0: enough of
1: the guy he used to be to just be able to allow this offense to function. And boy, that offense is fucking disgusting. Uh, Jaguars, super happy. I was super wrong about them this season. They look good by all means and, and have enough there to show that they can be a good team Texans are the Texans and who I missing the Titans yeah they're Titans good Uh um, just they had their window that window's kind of closed they traded away one of the best receivers in the NFL they kind of are laying in the bed they built who they trade away AJ Brown Oh, that's right. So
0: I've not been paying attention to the Tennessee Titans this year. um, Because honestly, why? Yeah, I mean, they started off super slow and have, have hit a little bit of a stride recently. I, Like Corwin said, I don't think they're good enough to really – I mean, they were never – let's be honest. Let's put it this way. They've never been good enough to really make a deep playoff run. They just keep making it there because the AFC South is fucking garbage, to which end they will probably win this division again since the Colts – and Corinne, I thought would be a lot better with Matt Ryan slotting into what seemed like an otherwise already pretty complete team has been so far a failure. Um, th- th- could that turn around? Absolutely. There's so much NFL football left to be played, but fuck does not look likely the Jags and the Texans are who cares. Uh, AFC West, Kansas city currently leading that division four and one followed by the chargers at three and two Denver at two and three and Vegas at one and four. Key takeaways here for
1: you, So Wilson. Um, what is there to really say? That uh, would be. Uh, what the fuck happened?
0: Let's steal his bones.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah, using yeah. Them. yeah. 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 Nah. Sure. 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 Um, those
0: bones. Give me your bones, Russ
1: i want i want your bones bones are their money uh great show um yeah Uh, i think you should leave with tim that's right that's right yes 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 thank you unbelievable show love it um
0: do you think yeah. so? One of my bold predictions, and not that we have to update all of our bold predictions at this moment. One of my bold predictions was that Derek Carr gets traded. With the Raiders not going anywhere, theoretically, up up to this point, you know, number one or at least top top three pick looking more and more promising as time goes on. Would this be the time to trade them to a QB Needy team? Not like right, right now. Yeah. But,
1: If at the deadline, they are looking like they've really locked up. What's the record? One and four? One and four. If they've got one, two, three wins by the trade deadline, and there's a team that's, you know, obviously the longer you wait, the less value you get for them. In a misogynistic way, yeah, you probably do trade them right now because... You could get a really high draft pick. There's three or four really good QBs that could be at the top next year. Yeah, probably. Um, Because, God, the rest of that division is really good, except for Russell Wilson.
0: Could you imagine? Because right now, like, the Colts are a half a game back of, um, God damn it, the Titans which is very funny to say in the NFL, very rarely is a team half a game back, uh, but they are half a game back of the Titans. If that gap remains small by the trade deadline, but not because Matt Ryan is elevating the team. I mean, like, do the Colts become a target for, for, for uh, Derek Carr? Because Derek Carr is not the reason the Raiders have been having a rough year. Um, Derek Carr is having a relatively speaking down year by his own standards, but his quarterback rating is still 87.7. He's got 1,279 yards through these first five games, um, eight touchdowns. The four interceptions is is a little bit high, but um, you know 61.4 percent completion percent is also not ideal. But he's having a you know like the the volume is going to be there from him. That is not what I would be worried about. The volume will be there from him. He's on pace to have, you know, something around 35 home home runs uh, touchdowns this this season again. Like he he's the volume will be present for Derek Carr. Um, anywho, not that it matters. Kansas City is a powerhouse. The Chargers, please just stay good for one full fucking season.
1: God damn it. It's the Chargers, dude. It's the same curse the Browns have. It's the same curse the Mets have.
0: No, no, the Chargers are not the same curse as the Browns because the Browns are like, we're bad and we'll never stop. The Chargers are like, we're almost good. Like, we're right there. I
1: guess the Browns one is very much recency bias.
0: And the Chargers are always like, we're going to be one to two games away from making a play the playoffs every year. What's that? All we have to be is 10 and six. Nine and eight, nine and seven, or not nine and seven. I guess this year it can be nine and eight. Uh, We're 11 and we're 11 and five. I guess this year, like 11 and six, too bad had to be uh 12 and five. Like they're always, they're always like right there. Just refuse. They lose some weird, stupid game. Anywho, uh, the weirdest, dumbest, most fucking stupid division in the NFL, the NFC East, Philadelphia leads the division five and Oh, Followed by Dallas at four and one, the Giants at four and one, and Washington at one and four. I like don't even want to talk about this division because it's so stupid.
1: The Eagles look really good, the Giants look pretty good, Dodgers look really good. Dallas, Dallas looks fine. Cooper Rush, I don't understand.
0: Well, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you. Does Cooper Rush maintain his rather decent performance for Cooper Rush? Does not have an interception yet this year. That's Stupid. Corbin sounds defeated because as we're talking, the Trey Turner hit another home run to tie up the game after the Padres had managed to pull ahead, and the game is now tied three to
1: three. Three solo home runs for Darvish so far.
0: Um, Better than multi-run home runs, uh, I guess.
1: You got me there, Josh.
0: Uh, the Braves also took a three-run lead against the Phillies. That game is now 3 nothing heading into the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Which doesn't matter to you as you're listening to this. That game's fucking over. Um. Anywho, yeah, uh, uh, NFC East, ugh, go fuck yourself. You suck. I hate you. <laughs> Um, all right. Well that brings us to the um NFC North, Minnesota is currently in the division four and one, followed by Green Bay at three and two, Chicago at two and three, Detroit at one and four. Corwin, thoughts?
1: No, I don't. Aaron Rodgers, stupid haircut. Vikings, they're fine. Bears are still the Bears. That's not any different. Lions looked like the best team in football and now look like the lions of last year.
0: Yeah. It's funny. You'd look at the, um, the Vikings record and you'd say, uh, well, you know, Kirk cousins must be really playing up to his potential. He looks exactly like Derek Carr this season on, on the stats page. Uh, 1,327 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, quarterback rating of 86.4, uh, 66% completion percent, which is like totally, totally like good volume, totally fine efficiency. Like, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into all the other advanced numbers because that's not what this section this uh, section of the podcast is. But like, I I don't I I've yet to buy into a Vikings team very heavily. Mm-hmm. If it's never seemed like they've done multiple things well at a given time, and I don't think that they're going to sit on top of this division for the entirety of the year. But we'll see. Detroit, figure it out. Oh my god. NFC South Tampa Bay currently is a division three and two followed by the saints and Atlanta each at two and three and Carolina with Matt rule getting fired, which we didn't talk about yeah. um, at one and four, which is so funny because last time we recorded, we had, I we had just had the conversation of when do the Panthers fire Matt rule? Cause this is kind of insane. And the answer was about pr- apparently two days after we fucking recorded. So.
1: Which is how it always goes. I, yeah. It's amazing how amassacred of a single team in this division. No one is doing anything.
0: Yeah, I'm I mean the the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers to a large extent, it's like what do you really expect? The Panthers, maybe you had a little bit more gumption for heading into the season because they acquired Baker Mayfield, and depending on how much of a Baker believer you are, that's something. Um Tom Brady's having a killer year again this year 1400 yards seven touchdowns one interception quarterback rating 96.5 again not the advanced stats part of the episode uh but whatever um it really is just like the the team around him the the play calling hasn't been quite the same i love todd bulls but you know it, it there's been some disparities uh the, the the defense isn't performing quite to the same extent that it was last year um yeah, it it and it might just be I don't want to say growing pains from changing to uh you know changing leadership within the the head coaching schema, but who's to say? Man, some some shits go 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 go, go, go going down. Um, I, I mean, that's the team that's going to win the division at the end of the day. Like, no one else is really. I, I don't
1: see how any other team could.
0: No, I mean, every other team there is is bad and is, and is garbage. Um, I just want to look at one fucking thing, and I, of course I can't find it. I feel like it's always very obvious when I am vamping, but oh well. Uh, yeah, here we go. Team defense, fewest points allowed so far. Oh, Bucks are actually six. I thought that we were higher for some reason uh 1 through 5
1: niners bills cowboys jags broncos go figure ah oh,
0: but the bucks are not in the top bucks are 21st and points 4 on offense i had them i had them backwards in my head um so t- basically tom brady's been killing it but everything else has been oh wow okay hold on corwin i want you to, to tom brady Yes. Has 1,409 yards passing. Yes. How many total yards of offense do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have? Oh, God. Uh,
1: 1,509. nine.
0: Sixteen hundred eighty-eight.
1: That's still not very good.
0: So in five games, taking away Tom Brady, they have 279 yards of total offense.
1: Has he been sacked like a crazy number of times?
0: Uh, he just had his page up. Oh, there we go. Um, He's been sacked seven times for 51 yards.
1: That's, that's not enough to account for such a just nothing run game.
0: And he has nine rushing attempts for negative seven yards. So Tom Brady has actively taken away 58 of his own yards. Which is good. Yeah, yes. fuck them. I hope they all hurt. Uh, yeah. Oh, and what's even funnier than that is the fact that Leonard Fournette has seven, has two hundred eighty yards rushing. Um, and then Rashad White has thirty five. No one else is really even close. Well, no one else really has rushing yards to speak of. But there's just like no, it's the Tom Brady show and nobody else. Yeah, that's not going to score you a lot of runs or um points. Uh, Last division, NFC West, then we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, San Francisco currently is at division three and two. Everybody else in the division is two and three, currently positioned as Arizona, then L.A., then Seattle. Corbin, thoughts on the very tight NFC West?
1: Uh, Tight butthole NFC West. Uh, San Francisco is a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy G again. Time is a flat circle. The Seahawks have an MVP candidate in Geno Smith. Time time is 5D chess. Uh, Kyler Murray is too short and plays too many video games, not doing good things. And the Rams have one of the worst Super Bowl hangovers ever.
0: Yeah, we talked about the Rams hangover a little bit last episode, just how wild it is, how much they've kind of blown up but not necessarily unexpected it is um Kyla Murray season looks meaty it looks fine on paper it again looks rather Derek Carr-like funny enough um uh 1241 yards six touchdowns three interceptions uh quarterback rating of 84.3 completion percent of 65.6 like he has been totally fine um those are those are absolutely good numbers. Um, the problem is that he, there's no elevation of team play around him, and it seems like when they go on a rough stretch of scoring, they 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 go on a rough stretch. Um, for instance, this team has not scored thirty points yet. Like holy shit, the Jets have. Yeah, they have. you know, and. That's one of the things that we always talk about is difficult to quantify within the stats, um, especially when it comes to football, because uh, as far as team sports go, it's the most heavily integrated uh, in terms of how your stats affect the players around you. Every team sport is like that, right? You know, the ability of the hitter behind you in the lineup affects how you do. The ability of your bullpen uh, um, affects how deep your team asks you to work. You know, shit like that. Passes lead to assists in hockey you know all that type of shit but when a ball gets thrown in the air which counts for passing yards someone has to receive it those are going to be receiving guards you know what i mean your your offensive line is going to measure how you are able to do everything else blah 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 so to see that kyler murray has oh man not a single 30 point game yet with what our pretty decent stats whereas like the Raiders do uh, like Derek Carr has a 30 point game so far this season and Kyla Murray doesn't with equivalent stats to it is like wild shit um yeah the, the Cardinals are going to be the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury who I think will be now the next got one of those guys that's on the hot seat a little a little bit out uh, now that Matt Rule is gone um, granted he has a lot more leeway because he just had a fantastic season next year, last year. Um, but if the ship doesn't get righted, I would be willing to bet that the Cardinals move on from that head coach sooner than they move on from Kyler Murray.
1: Um, it, it has to be soon. I, I think yeah. Cliff is already out, State as welcome.
0: Yeah, we'll see. How, Cause I mean, Kyler's shown the ability to be good. So like the fact that his play, necessarily isn't elevating other players might not be his fault it might be the scheme
1: so like cliff kingsbury has not been a successful coach anywhere he's ever been
0: but he's he's got so much experience he's handsome and he's white what i mean he's he's good (laughs) um yeah all right well yeah we'll leave it there for now um so much, so much, it's It's funny how we have so much more to say when we do these things consistently. You don't have to catch up on 9,000 topics. Um. So yeah, who'd have thought. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. You like to follow Corwin on Twitter. You can do so at Court and Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to follow the show on, or if, uh, send us emails, you can do so at Numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.